Do you know this? Nothing works without love. Amen. <laughs> it's love that makes the world go round. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not the sort of love, sloppy. <laughs> it's a love that changes everything. Amen. Hallelujah. And I like, that's why I, I, John 3.16 always winds me, winds my <laughs> clock up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The only reason God gave his son is because he loved the world. The only reason God gave his son is because he loved you and me. No other reason no other reason. doesn't quote any other reason. Some people say he wanted a companion. <laughs> Some people say all sorts of things. Because he was building an empire <laughs> or a kingdom. No, it's an individual thing. God so loved. He loves you this morning. He loves you. And that's why he wants you to be part of his... Family. Hallelujah. You say, what's it like being part of the family of God? Well, it's the most exciting thing I ever got into. (laughs) I don't know about you. It excites me still. Hallelujah. I've been saved 68 years, I think, something like that. I can never, I can't. It's so long ago. (laughs) It's hard hard to think back that far. But I can, think of, I can think of the excitement when I found a saviour. And it's still the same excitement today. Hallelujah. Because I can see other people finding the saviour and getting the same excitement. And when you get an excitement from God, I get excited. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless the Lord. Some people don't get excited about anything, but... <laughs> Everything's all, all so boring, isn't it? But it's not boring when you get God in your life. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> you will be challenged <laughs> to get out of love, to move out of the love realm. You'll be challenged. The enemy will challenge you. He'll try and, he'll try and, uh, try all little, he's got lots of little tricks up his shoulder, you know, trying to disturb your peace, disturb your joy and disturb all the things that God gives you, but you can stay in the focus of God. Hallelujah. I'm so disorganized this morning, I didn't even put my glasses on. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's the blessing. You know, often we get before God and we say, give me a word, Lord, and he, he, he doesn't always respond immediately, you know. Sometimes we have to dig a bit. And I'm digging this morning. Uh, And I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, if you want to follow me. Bless you. Good to see you. We're in Ephesians 3, if you didn't hear us, it came in. And I'm in verse 17 at the moment. 
It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. So where does Christ dwell? In the heart. Where's your heart? Is it this thing that's pumping blood? Or is it this thing down here where you feel all the emotional uh, life, things of life? Are you? Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> My heart is down here. I, I, you know, you, when you say you know something, somehow it's not up in the head, is it? You, it drops down into your heart, doesn't it? And you, it's an innermost conviction which nobody can take away from you. It's deep within you. I know that Jesus died for me on the cross and that I'm saved through the precious blood of Jesus. And his sacrifice on the cross. I know it. Do you know it down here? If you don't, you need to, before you leave this meeting today, you need to know the Christ who died on the cross, that we might be forgiven of all our sin, that God might, that God might look upon us and say, he's my son, he's my daughter, she's my daughter. Hallelujah. And he might say, I love my daughter and my, my sons. He loves us with an everlasting eternal love. Nobody can really quantify that love. So it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. We, we do start out by faith. We do start out by inviting Jesus to come into our lives and our hearts. And by faith we believe what he said, he said, I will, I will never leave you or forsake you. Hallelujah. And he comes and dwells in our heart in a special way so that we know God, the Father. Hallelujah. See, you know Jesus. Jesus said these things to his disciples. He said, have you not realized that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Hallelujah. And this is a wonderful thing. Jesus died in order that we might know his Father in heaven. That's wonderful, isn't it? Hallelujah. He introduced us to the Father. Now, how did he introduce us to the Father? By walking the earth and talking and doing and presenting to us what the Father was like. Now, the Father is not like something you can write down. He's something that is demonstrated through the life of Jesus. You see, he breaks all the rules for a start. And when the love of God comes on the scene, it breaks every rule in the book. Hallelujah. You, we're, men and women live in a rules-based mentality. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> We, we think we know the law. We think we know the, our rights. We think we know how we position ourselves in so, a society. But when we come to know God, we realize who we are. 
We're nobody. And he makes something of us. Changes our lives. I know when I came to know Jesus, I was drifting along. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. I, somehow or other, I was apprenticed as an engineer. It was all organised for me, my, my parents and some friends that we knew. And I went to work in this factory and I was uh, pretty aimless in life. I bought a motorbike and did all the things that you do to please the mind. But really, I was empty. No ambition at all. Uh, and, you know, I'm just, I just wanted to be, you know, live for the moment. And I got saved, wonderfully saved, because I worked with a man in the factory who ran a, a Bible class in a church not far from here. I got saved because I got to know this man and realised that there was something more in life than just drifting. And I was a young man. I was 17. Just going through life, working in the tool room, doing things. Uh, and I went round, I was walking round to see somebody and I was talking to him, this guy, and he was telling me about Jesus. And I went back and I was working on a grinding machine, which uh, I can tell, I hold the, the wheel on top of the grinding machine, it's a flash grinder if anybody knows anything about those. You pull a lever around and it gradually brings the grinding wheel down and, and grinds the metal underneath. I was doing this pretty boring. Um, and I was talking, talking to God. Don't know how I come to talk to God, but I did. I come and I said, um, "If you're real, show me you're real," because I'd heard all this stuff from other people. And that's the thing. You can hear a lot from me this morning, but it's only when you go to God and ask Him to come into your life and demonstrate the power that something changes. You have to do this for yourself. I can't do it for you. I can tell you about it. I can preach it from the word. But only you can respond to come to know him in a real way. Not, I'm not asking you to be religious this morning. Religion doesn't hack it. Being religious and knowing all the rules and regulations of the Christian fraternity doesn't hack it. As I've already said, Jesus breaks all the rules. Hallelujah. He does. Because he will cross continents to save a life. He's, he talked about the, the sheep that was on the hills far away and he left the 99 in the sheepfold and he went for one. Now how many people in, logically would leave 99 and go for one? But our God goes for the ones who are out away from him. And the farther you get away from him, the more likely he is to come after you. <laughs> I think that's, that's, the, that's, that's the exciting thing. It excites me because well, you, you see people and think, well, they can never get saved. Look at them. They're so bad. They're so... I'll tell you what, if you're, you're in that sort of state, you're more likely to get 
find God because you're going to be more likely to be dissatisfied with life. Hallelujah. Because life cannot satisfy you. The only thing that can satisfy you is a life with God living inside you. That's the wonderful thing. I'm moving on a bit. We're, all, we're rooted, it says, and grounded in love. So what does it mean to be rooted? It means that we're, we're fixed in our position. We stand in the position of love. We're grounded. We're not floating about in the air and, uh, and having a fluffy experience. We're having something that is solid and stands. It's a great foundation. I don't know about you. Um, if you're building a house, you have to put down the foundation. And depending on what sort of foundation you put down, it depends what sort of house you have. If your foundation is based upon the knowledge of Jesus as your saviour, you have a sound foundation. And nothing can take that away or shake it because it's based upon the solid rock, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You can't have a better foundation than the rock. Hallelujah. We sing a song, I've got a rock in my soul. Well, we've got a rock under our soul. <laughs> it, it, we're fixed in that. And then it's this wonderful thing, verse 18, it says, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passeth mere knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And this is the wonderful thing, isn't it? I'm comprehending to some extent. What's comprehending? I'm getting to know how much God loves me. It's greater than my comprehension. The width, the depth, and the height. You know, it is such a big space that the love of God fills in this world. The world is filled with love. If we can but tap into it. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It's what I was talking about before. To know the love of Christ, which passes any knowledge you might have up here. That's the wonderful thing. When, when God comes into your life, you know he's come into your life. You know he's brought change. You're different. Uh, he creates in you something which... I call spiritual knowledge. You know that you know that you know God is real and that he has come to live in you. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's the wonderful thing, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled, 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 Hallelujah. Filled with the love of God. Filled. Right. Filled. Filled. Hallelujah. Filled. Filled. Right. Filled. Hallelujah. That's what God does in us. You know, um, if you get an orange and you squeeze it, what happens? Orange juice comes out. 
You know you're filled with the love of God when squeeze, people squeeze you. <laughs> what comes out? Amen. If something that's not love comes out while well, you're dealing with your flesh. <laughs> you're not dealing with your spirit, you see. The attitude of us day by day must be one of love. Now, I fail miserably on numerous occasions, but that doesn't stop me being full with love. You know, your flesh, your flesh tries to triumph over what's inside you because your flesh is flesh. You will never change your flesh. God didn't save your flesh. He saved your soul. Hallelujah. You just have to cope with the flesh. But overall and in you, there's a love. And when we shed abroad that love, it's invincible. The love of God, it says, you know, I don't know whether you've read my, the book I gave, one or two, it says it never fails and it never ends. Hallelujah. Corinthians 13, read it. It says it never fails and it never ends. Oh, it's exciting to think that the love of God will never end. Hallelujah. It's within you. It fills you. It cannot be quenched. Hallelujah. Because we know. Hallelujah. Now we're going to verse 2 of chapter 4. With all holiness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is the, uh, the thing with love. I don't know about you, when you fall in love with something, something happens inside you. It melts inside you. Something melts. Yourself becomes unimportant. And the thing that has melted your heart becomes more important. <coughs> Hallelujah. That's what happens when you fall in love. You start to be unselfish. You start to think of other people, the other person. You start to try and please the other person. You become another person in yourself. And this is what Paul is talking about here. We've become meek, long-suffering, forbearing one another. Endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is a wonderful thing, to have a unity of spirit. Hallelujah. We were, we were in the Bible study, James Cody, Bishop James, was talking about unity of the Spirit. This is the only thing that can bring the unity of the Spirit, the love of God. When we love one another, like Jesus loves us, then we lower our positions. We don't become nitpickers. 
of one another. You know, we're all different, and we all rub against one another in one way or another, because we're different. But that's the wonderful thing about the kingdom of God. We're all different. We're all different shapes and sizes. We're all different in the spirit. We all see things differently. But when we look at Christ, the Christ that's within us, we see something wonderful happen. We lower our self-esteem and we esteem others greater than ourselves. In fact, we, the love of God, enables us to look at one another and love one another with a purity that nothing else can do. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. When we can love people that are unlovely. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. That's where love starts to get tricky, isn't it? When we have to love somebody that we don't love. <laughs> Naturally. But you know, the wonderful thing is, that is what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to come into oneness in God's love. And I thank God for that possibility. Um, I think in a natural man, I said, this is the last place I'd be. <laughs> in a church with lots and lots of people. Uh, it would challenge me. But when we come together like this, there is no challenge because God has made us all one in his love, in his spirit. So, we're one body, one faith, and one God. Hallelujah. That's what it says in verse 2, 4, and 6. One body. There is only one body of Christ. There might be a myriad of churches, but we're all part of the body of Christ. How do you say, how do you become part of the body of Christ? Well, if Christ is living in you, you are joined to all those others that Christ is living in you. In them, sorry. We have one faith. We believe that we are saved by the death of Christ on the cross, that his blood has cleansed us completely of all sin. And we have one God who presents himself in three different aspects. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We have one God. We are in unity with all three. Because the Holy Spirit puts us in contact with Jesus. He reveals Jesus to us, tells us what Jesus is like. Jesus reveals us to the Father through his prayers and through his intercession for each one of us. Hallelujah. And we're all in that same wonderful body of unity this morning, brothers and sisters. And it says in the scriptures, we should strive for that unity. Hallelujah. What does striving for unity mean? It means that you always 
take the route which brings people together. That you're always building bridges, not knocking them down. That you're always giving people the benefit of the doubt, not condemning them. Because, but for the grace of God, you would be in that position. Hallelujah. It's, as Paul says, rescuing people from the darkness that's out there. Hallelujah. That's who we are. We are people that restore people, not destroy. Bless the Lord. That's what love does. Love is a restoration process. It changes people. Love is the only power that brings change. The God, love of God is the only power that can change a person's heart and life. Hallelujah. It's the only thing that can redirect our minds and our hearts in the right direction. Bless the Lord. And then it says here, verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You see, everything that we have is given to us by grace. The grace of God. The favour of God. You know, I look at the gifts of God which is it's partly what this is talking about. And I see people with gifts that I wouldn't have given to them. Because I would have thought they weren't trustworthy. God wouldn't trust them with them because of who they are. But I've noticed, and this is a, quite a challenging thing, really, when you think it, some of the people who have given the gifts of God are more imperfect than some of the ones who don't get a gift. I don't know whether you've noticed that. But the gifts, it says, the gifts are in the callings of, of God are without repentance. So God must know, when he's given a gift to somebody, what they're like. He must know also the, the end of the, of the whole person's life. What's going to happen? But God will use anyone that's available. Hallelujah. He doesn't look upon us as either special or rather needs more attention from the Holy Spirit. He looks upon us as if we are all the same. It says God is no respecter of persons. When he looks at people, he looks at people in love. And he sees things that we don't see, which is amazing. He sees things in people that we don't see, because we only see the outside. We don't see what goes on inside. But you see, God is God. And this is a wonderful thing. He gives everybody gifts through grace, through his love for us. And he gives the gifts that the church might be edified, 
built up and strengthened. So if you've got a gift that God has given you, use it to strengthen your brothers and sisters and those around you. Don't use it to glorify yourself because that's quite often what happens with gifts, the gifts God gives. People get, get so enthralled with the gift that God's given them that they, they lose touch with reality and they think they're special. But everybody's the same. And God has chosen to use the things that are not to prove that he is God. Hallelujah. Because the things that are not often are the things that are more important than the things that are. So when, when you think you're in a perfect situation, look at yourself again, because God looks at it, you differently. He sees you as you really are. Bless the Lord. He gave some apostles, some, verse 11, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, a mature man that means, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God intends to bring us to the measure which is Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To be just like him. I don't think there's anybody in here who's actually arrived yet. We're all on that journey. But God will get us there. He will get us there and we'll come in victory. When we see Jesus, he'll be like he was on earth. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That's what he's, that is what my Jesus is like. He looked at people with compassion. And brother and sister, as a church, we need more compassion for the lost and those outside. I see that... I've seen recently how selfish Christians can be. How selfish we are concerning our own comfort and all the other things that we preserve in our lives with great <laughs> greatly we preserve them but God wants us to have compassion for everybody hallelujah because who knows the one you have compassion for may go on to do great great things in God Hallelujah. You never know what your love and compassion can do in somebody else's life. I just thank God this morning for the love that he's put in my heart. It's not mine, it's his. Hallelujah. Anything that comes from God is his. We can't glory in it. We can just enjoy it. I don't know about you. I enjoy being a Christian. 
I enjoy walking with God day by day. I enjoy his presence. That's the one thing that's so precious, isn't it? The precious presence of God in life. Hallelujah. So peaceful, so lovely. I love you, Lord, this morning. I just pray, Lord Jesus, for a unity of your Holy Spirit in this place. That we'll look on each other with love. That we'll love other people, as your word says. Love them as you love them. That we might put their priority above our priority, Lord, in our love. Father, just shed this love abroad in our hearts by your Holy Ghost for one another. That we might feel that bond of unity with you through the Holy Spirit. We ask it in the name of Jesus.